Welcome to Gondrepreneur, helping Gondrepreneurs grow and succeed in every sector of the cannabis industry. Gondrepreneur will introduce you to the cannabis pioneers who are paving the way for future generations. Learn about the shifting landscape of the market directly from the experts and get to know some of the leading minds in the industry as they tell their story of struggles and success. Now, CannabisRadio.com presents Gondrepreneur. Hi there, and welcome to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shango Lose. The Gondrepreneur.com podcast gives us an opportunity to speak directly to entrepreneurs, cannabis growers, product developers, and cannabis medicine researchers, all focused on making the most of cannabis normalization. As your host, I do my best to bring you original cannabis industry ideas that will ignite your own entrepreneurial spark and give you actionable information to improve your business strategy and improve your health and the health of cannabis patients everywhere. Today, my guest is Marcus Richardson, also known as Bubble Man. Marcus has been a globally influential cannabis educator since 1993. He is founder of Fresh Headies Limited, which popularized the eight-bag hash-making technique. His bubble bags have become the industry standard of excellence. He is also founder of Hash Church, the wildly successful online hangout of global hash makers. Over the course of the show today, we will also learn about his new inspiring projects. Thanks for being on the show, Marcus. Hey, thanks for having me. So, Marcus, let's start at the very beginning. You know, a lot of our people who are listening are brand new entrepreneurs. And, you know, your hash making bags are world famous now, but there was a day before your name was synonymous with artisan hash making. Will you tell us a little bit about the early days and prototyping your bags? Yeah, you know, it came to me around 1998. I had some life changing events that occurred to me, and I was looking to do something different in my life. And I had heard about this methodology that was being used in Amsterdam with a two-bag system. And I thought it had been out for a year or two. It had actually only been out for a month or two. And it was a set of bags called the Isolator Bags. And I was very interested in being a distributor for this company. I went to Amsterdam. I met with the company's owner. We didn't really hit it off that well. And it seemed like for whatever reason, it wasn't meant to be for me to uh, represent the Isolator Company. And so I came back to Canada somewhat distraught, somewhat upset about the the idea of maybe being able to be a distributor for this great company. And, and my wife, you know, in a moment of clarity said to me, you know, why, why don't we make our own? Why don't we make our own bags? That sort of started us down this role. I had no interest in making my own bags. There was already bags that were available. So right off the bat, you know, from my perspective and the way I think, I thought, well, if I'm going to, you know, do a product that already exists, I'm at least going to try and make it a better product. And that was sort of the mission statement of bubble bags and fresh headies from day one, that we would not ever get happy with any level, we would constantly try to strive for a better quality and a better, more efficient tool. And so the bubble bags were basically born out of that moment. It's been a long 17 years since that day and a lot of ups and downs since that day. But it was really in that moment of my wife saying, why don't we sew our own that really brought bubble bags and fresh headies, birthed that company into existence. It's funny how moments like that can be the coin that everything turns on. And you're right, you know, your bags, they continually increase in quality. And, you know, I bought my first pair of bags just off eBay. And then my buddy came over and he brought a set of your bags. And my bags just so paled in comparison. You know, yours were burly and ready to be used for 10 years, you know, in comparison. 
Yeah, and it's it's a pretty simple thing. I mean, it's not rocket science sewing nylon bags to screen bottoms. It's just about trying to find like who else is researching using parachute thread that can be exposed to water over and over and not degrade. Who else is buying the highest grade Swiss screen, not buying any screen in Asia at all, but flying the screen that you purchase in Switzerland, which is a very high grade screen. They make quality product there. Flying that to Nepal, where my partner lives and manufactures. We choose Nepal because he's married to a Nepali woman and has four Nepali children and lives in the Nepali community. And we feel good about the relationship that we have with Nepal and that great sewing, great material, super simple. And then after that, what do you add on? You add on really good customer service. Take care of your customers. Make sure you warranty things. Make sure because they paid a good dollar for it you know, make sure that it lasts as long as it's supposed to last. And that's been the the bread and butter of our company for the last almost 20 years. That's awesome too. And you get the added kudos of being able to put some money into the local economy there in Nepal. So, you know, a lot of new entrepreneurs, you know, they, they've got their new product and they're working their straight job and they're also doing their entrepreneurial thing. And then suddenly there's a tipping point where they're like, oh my God, this might actually happen. What do you mm-hmm. think was the tipping point where you went from trying to just sell some bags to knowing that you had a proof of concept that your bags were taken? off? Well, I was very lucky in the sense that I started in 1999. My company was was born really in March of 1999, and we started selling our bags that month. And what happened in 1999 was the internet had gotten to a point where cannabis sites such as Cannabis World, Cannabis Culture, CannabisOvergrow.com, these sites were building large groups of people, thousands of people for the first time were gathering on websites where people were talking about these things that were very secretive for the many, many years, decades prior. And with the combination of digital photography becoming to a point where it was realistic to get a really nice camera, a digital camera, and be able to take these photos and then share it instantly. And that was like the combination of being able to make our own bags, have that internet presence, which was the birth of Bubble Man, and have that presence of the camera, which was the birth of my photography. I always understood the relationship and the importance of showing the people what I made. And when I first posted Waterhash online, many, many people thought that it was fake. And they just, you know, I'll never forget the one guy saying it, that it looked like Mr. Whippy, Mr. Whippy <laughs> mouth shit. And, it, and these were the things I was having to deal with being called a fake and a charlatan. And, and because it was so new, people wouldn't even accept that it was real. And that took a few years. But from the time we started till today, the business has just continued to grow and expand. And it was very noticeable in the first two years when I was going to the shipping place and shipping was costing me over $1,000 each day. It was noticeable that this business was growing and it was going to soon grow outside of my home and outside of my abilities to take care of all the different components. And that's a really important part for a businessman to recognize when he has the opportunity to jump to the next level but it involves building a team and not doing things by yourself, which got you to where you are at that point. 
And bless the internet, right, as an entrepreneur, because, you know, you can thin slice the whole world. If you, you know, you're in Vancouver, Canada, and if you were making these bags and having to sell them locally, and then, you know, some mail order, that is so much more difficult than doing some stuff online, reaching the whole world, and then suddenly you've got this huge market. I mean, entrepreneurs now have really got an advantage over anybody who was trying to do anything before 98. And then keep in mind, the way my product works is very unique, and I set it up like this as well that I wanted the end user to produce the most benefit from the product. So the manufacturer gets a little bit and the distributor gets a little bit and I get a little bit and the wholesaler and the, and the retailer, but who really benefits from bubble bags is the end user. They get more than everybody. And that's a system that you can count on. If it works like that, that the end user is the one who's benefiting from the bags the most because the bags are impossible not to benefit unless you put them under your bed and you don't use them. But if you start producing your own medicine from them or you start producing a business brand or a concept that you're going to start selling hash on the market, these are all business opportunities that you've given to yourself by simply buying a tool quite different from you know buying uh, something fancy like a glass pipe that most likely won't pay you back the same way. Another thing that's great about them is the, the concept is so simple that, you know, you can make mediocre hash and you can make incredible hash, but you don't really ever make bad hash with the bags. They're kind of idiot proof like that. And so I think that's partly why that and the quality, why your customers become so, you know, talk about word of mouth marketing. Everybody's excited and they, they all become fans and evangelists for your product. Well, it also educates them, you know, using these products and extracting and isolating and getting into the macro photography that I do. It starts educating them as to what is there. Most people didn't know what types of trichomes there were and what cannabinoids were present in which trichome heads and what kind of terpene profiles were produced and all of these different things. And through the macro photography, which was, you know, it's very important that I, I mention the macro photography because it is one of the major important hinges that the success of this company has sat on. It's been very important for the photos to represent inequality the same way what the product itself makes. I always want the bar to be set so high that there's an actual wow factor. Well, we are going to talk a little bit more, actually a lot more, about your education and the different ways you do that after the break. We're going to take a quick break now. You are listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. After a short message from the sponsors who made this show possible, Gondrepreneur will return. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis 
and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the Cannabis Crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem. So I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to help Gondrepreneurs grow. You're listening to Gondrepreneur, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. You are listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shango Lose, and our guest this week is Marcus Richardson, also known as Bubble Man, founder of Bubble Bags and Hash Church. So before the break, we were talking about all the various ways that you enjoy education and the outreach to people. And you know, one of the biggest ways that you've done that is on YouTube. You are absolutely a forerunner of using YouTube to educate the masses. And you know, the thing that I first wondered from being an early fan of watching those videos is were you concerned in the early days that you might somehow get in trouble teaching people globally how to make hash at home? You know, I mean, I guess there was a small concern. You know, my history is is that I had just finished convincing my government with a group of uh, a small group of partners to start producing and growing hemp legally for the first time in 73 years and we did that in Manitoba. My ex-partners actually just sold that company for $133.5 million, which was called Manitoba Harvest, one of the first big sale hemp companies that happened out there. This is a company that, you know, pre that company, it was the activism that we did in Manitoba and convincing our government to get this plant growing. As a Canadian, okay, I'm not going to lie, when Mark Emery got arrested by the DEA and they came here and they arrested him and my two other friends, Michelle Rainey and Greg Williams... It freaked us out and it put a little bit of fear into us. And we never really thought that it was something that was possible before. I did hold back a little bit at that point in time. But once I received my federal license to grow and process and smoke and use cannabis medicinally, my whole perspective really changed. And that's the real important thing that people should understand, that prohibition is just a perspective that's been put upon you. And that's why a lot of people look at it as a negative particularly on a federal level, that suddenly now it's just like, it's actually something that's respected and you could mention it at a dinner table at a, at a nice dinner and people wouldn't gasp, whereas they were gasping before. It was the black sheep in the family that was talking about, you know, the Compassion Club herb that they were growing in the late 90s or whatever, which was what I was doing in the late 90s. It's an interesting transition that you're seeing it's almost as though they're allowing it to happen now. It's being allowed to happen. Even the mainstream media doesn't pump the same level of brainwashed news stories. They're really putting out some quality stories showing the benefits of using cannabis medicinally and even you know states that are allowing it recreationally. Who would have ever thought we would see the day? Yeah, amen. And so many of my older grower friends, they're all like, I'm just glad I lived long enough to see this and so that we could all trade seeds and clones out in the open because they're all dealing with so many more strains that they've ever had a chance to their whole lives and they're just thrilled. Well, it's it's like hash church, you know, because we're not afraid, because we gather every week and because we open up a dialogue and we allow everyone to be a part of that dialogue it becomes this sort of form of radical openness that occurs and the ideas start 
having more ideas themselves. They get together with ideas and those ideas spawn into ideas. And the way that the dialogue is moving the industry forward is a big part of that normalization. That's that's one of the things I wanted Hash Church to do was to help normalize the use of cannabis in all levels. So you started Hash Church as an online hangout for you and several other international hash makers. And then it streams live so anybody can watch the three to four hour program. And it grew really fast. And now there's often, you know, over a thousand viewers watching live and then many thousands more watching the recording on YouTube. Was this, you know, explosion part of your plan from the beginning or was this all a happy accident? Well, you know, it's when you're manifesting your realities, you know, they'll often arrive in the form of an obstacle rather than an opportunity. So I usually see opportunities in the form of obstacles. And I was building my YouTube. I was doing all these videos. I didn't really understand why I was doing it. I wasn't avidly promoting my company in the videos. I wasn't avidly selling my products in the videos because I have this sort of integrity that I just don't want to be shameless about things. I want to be honest and transparent and I want to share and I want to educate. And I wasn't able to do that with flinging my products, so to speak. So when it grew and grew and grew to a point where I was getting many thousands of subscribers each month and many, many, you know, millions of minutes being listened to each month, we're up to about 4 million minutes that that channel gets viewed every month. And so I finally just thought, you know, do you do a bunch of more like self-interest stuff or do you try to translate the traction that you've built into something that is good for everyone? And I started as a total fluke. YouTube sent me a, an email, said, hey, your channel is now when you build a channel and you acquire milestones of that channel, YouTube will send you little things saying, look, you can now do this. You can now do this because you've reached this milestone. So they sent me the milestone saying that I could stream and I didn't really have any idea what it was. But I set it all up and I just, I called it Hash Church on a whim. It was a Sunday morning and I hit record and I invited strangers in right from my Facebook link. And soon within, I'd say three or four episodes, it turned into, you know, the thing that was exciting about it was the people who knew their shit. Are you able to articulate intelligently your education, what you're sharing here, the information that you've come to share with us? And I started finding people like that that I realized were really just my friends from being in this industry for so long. And it really, people were receptive to it. They were like, are you kidding me? This is like the most incredible panel ever. And it's just for free on my computer on Sunday morning or any other day of the week. So there is an integrity, you know, we don't want to ruin hash church by squeezing the blood out of it. And I think it's important for entrepreneurs to understand that not everything is about making money. And sometimes, you know, that you'll create things that it's very important that you don't muddy the waters. It was a beautiful quote from Dr. David Suzuki, who told me years ago, you know, when I first got into the TV business, doing my show, The Nature of Things, I thought that I was going to be a gem on television. And then I, I realized as I jumped into the cesspool that everything quickly <laughs> takes on the appearance of the cesspool, even the gems. And so I took that to heart and I made sure that we don't accept sponsorship for our show. We don't promote anyone's company. There's no special interests in the show. And I think that's one of the magics that keeps it you know, a value to people.
And it's so unpolished, I dare say, you know, it really feels like you're hanging out with, you know, whoever happens to be logged in, kicking it in your living room. You know, you can see everybody's, you know, rigs or bongs or whatever. People are like politely waiting to take their turn to talk. And then the beauty of it, you know, from my perspective is that you're taking the magazines out of the middle. There, it's not about a magazine interviewing the hash maker and then translating it for the reader. You're you're actually hearing it from the artisan themselves and, yeah. and the information is so much more rich and the education is there and you know somebody else on the panel is going to ask a follow-up question and it's probably the one that you wanted to ask. And it really goes so much deeper than just the hash makers. We've got the historians like Chris Bennett and Rob Clark, the ethnobotanists Rob Clark and Mel Frank and Tom Alexander from Sensimilla Tips has been on. We've had Lester Grinspoon, Dr. Lester Grinspoon on on a few occasions. And some really incredible guests that come from all sorts of different angles of this. We've had incredible patient stories that had the entire panel sucking back tears the entire time because the stories are just so so heartwarming and incredible towards the positivity of cannabis being used as a medicine. I shared a and b with Robert Clark down at Emerald Cup this year and Hash Church came up and you should have seen the huge smile on his face. He's like, I love that new stuff. Yeah, Rob's great. I've been friends with Rob for about 20 years and been lucky enough to spend a lot of time with him in a, in a variety of different countries. And he's, uh, I definitely see him as a mentor. And for those of you that don't know him, definitely get on the, you want to you wanna access and get into the cannabis industry, doing your research through someone as passionate as Rob Clark, Cannabis Evolution, Marijuana Botany, Hashish. Those are just three books right off the start that you should start reading. And if you want an, an easy entree into his work, go ahead to YouTube and search Robert Clark Cannabis Taxonomy and yes. listen to his couple his couple part series on the yep. new taxonomy beyond Indica Sativa. It'll blow your mind. Hey, we need to take another short break. When we get back, we're going to talk about a couple of your new projects that is totally stoking people out. You are listening to the Gonjapreneur.com podcast. After a short message from the sponsors who made this show possible, Gonjapreneur will return. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth. 
that we can use consciously and, and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's going to make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to help Gondrepreneurs grow. You're listening to Gondrepreneur only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. You are listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shangolos. And our guest this week is Marcus Richardson, also known as Bubble Man, founder of Bubble Bags and Hash Church. So, Marcus, you know, we were talking earlier about some of the exciting new things that you're up to, and I want to talk to about two of them. And the first one is that I understand that your company, Cannaboid Research and Development, is in line to secure a license to grow and process cannabis in Jamaica. That's so freaking exciting. What role will you be playing? Yeah, well, I play, I wear a few hats in this. The company is obviously I'm partnered up with a couple of local Canadians and then some Jamaicans as well. That company together is partnered with United Cannabis out of the United States. And so we've got some really wonderful plans. They have some beautiful products called Prana that they've been operating for many years now. They used to own River Rock in Colorado, and they did a lot of wonderful, you know, collecting of information through patients and trials of the Prana. And basically now we want to be able to test the efficacy and the safety of those products, sublingual drops, activated and non-activated in, in different variations of THC and CBD and all the lovely cannabinoids. So we're very excited to, you know, do breeding projects down there, breed back the lion into the jungle, the strong landrace strains that belong there and to, you know, process the resin. So I'm definitely, my main hat will be processing the resin for the company. I love the idea of bringing the lion back into the jungle. And I got to say, you know, just from a cannabis fandom thing, it must be like really exhilarating to realize that you are going to be, you know, producing in Jamaica and also be able to write that off as expenses going to Jamaica. Yeah, I mean, I've had a relationship with Jamaica since 95 when I was married there and just doing the Cannabis Cup there last this last March was just incredible. And I look forward to an amazing future in Jamaica. So let's talk about another one of your projects that I'm excited about. I just learned recently that Harborside Dispensary is bringing your bubble brand hash to the market here in the U.S. And I learned about this on Tony Verzura's Facebook page. He was, you know, recently evangelizing about this hash. He was saying that it's going to be untrimmed nugs, freshly cured, rinsed, washed with water and ice in bubble bags, then stored cryogenically, freeze-dried, vacured, then the cultivar terps restored back into it, and then the whole thing is going to be rosin-pressed into a stable product. I mean, that's crazy super premium stuff. And that's just one of the products that we're going to be making. So yeah, we're very excited. Bubble Man brand is almost 20 years old. I've never sold a product like that. I've only taught people how to make it. I've taught countless people how to start companies and sell these very products. But this is the first time I'm entering the market. And we're choosing to do it through Harborside, through the partnership there with uh, Harborside and United Cannabis. That's who I've signed my brand with. So Tony is one of the very few people down there that I can trust that 
is able to hold the bar as high as it needs to be held for the brand. So we're very excited about the Bubble Man brand dropping this month at Harborside. And you can go see Tony at the Cannabis Cup in San Bernardino this upcoming weekend or at the end of January, the next weekend. Yeah, and let's plug Tony while we're at it. Anybody who gets an opportunity to either hear Tony speak or visit a booth that he's at, absolutely do it. The kind of demonstrations that he was doing at Emerald Cup were just badass. I mean, you could barely get into the booth. He was, you know, people were bringing him slabs of hash, and then he was taking his terps. And for anybody who aren't isn't familiar with this, what he does is he extracts full terpene profiles from Mm -hmm. popular cannabis strains like, say, Gorilla Glue, and then he puts it into a small little jar and then you bring him a slab and he'll paint the terp profile onto it and your mediocre slab has just you know been turned into the best dabs that you've ever tasted it was eric brandstad from forever flowering who turned me onto it it is like totally next level it is next level and that's one of the collabs that we're going to do with the bubble man brand is the blue river bubble man you know terp rosin the terp bubble hash the terp sift because anyone that's ever tried it is, it modulates the effects of the cannabinoids to such a degree, it uplifts so much that it's just hard not to want to add it each and every time. So Marcus, winding down here, we got about a minute left. You know, you are a hero to lots of people all over the world. And, you know, I want to take a chance to ask you, what words of advice do you have to offer cannabis enthusiasts who want to pursue cannabis production and education as a career? You know, you're 20 plus years into this. If distilling it down, what would you give them as a nugget of your experience that will help them along the way? Well, I mean, if you have a passion, obviously following that passion is the most important key thing. But sometimes I think, you know, people are good at certain things, but they're not excited about those certain things that they're good at because they don't see how it might fit into the cannabis-based world. And suddenly, like, you know, someone might not be very excited to work in an apple orchard, but that same person would be very excited to work in a licensed production facility growing, you know, half a million plants. So I tell people that if you are good at something and it can be somehow worked into the cannabis industry, then obviously follow that path. Otherwise, you know, like a lot of us have done for many, many, many years is straight up follow the passion. For me, it was the passion for the hashin. <laughs> well, that is a great note to end on. Marcus, thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Shango. You can find out more about Bubble Man at his website, freshheadies.com. And you can tune into Hash Church on his Bubble Man's World YouTube channel on Sunday mornings. And you can also watch it recorded there. Finally, you can enjoy his incredible fo- photography on Instagram at BC Bubble Man. You can find more episodes of the Gontrepreneur podcast in the podcast section at gontrepreneur.com and in the Apple iTunes store. On the gontrepreneur.com website, you will find the latest cannabis news, product reviews, and cannabis jobs updated daily, along with transcriptions of this podcast. You can also download the gontrepreneur.com app in iTunes and Google Play. You can also find the show on the iHeartRadio Network app, bringing the Gontrepreneur podcast to 60 million mobile devices. Do you have a company that wants to reach our national audience of cannabis enthusiasts? Email grow at gontrepreneur.com to find out how. Thanks to Brasco for producing our show as always. I am your host, Shango Lose.
the opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.